Hey everyone, great talk with Amaya Gerpy Day tonight. You're really going to enjoy it. Visit Treckle, get all of your stuff there, and you can get all of your stuff there. T-R-E-K-E-L-L dot com, as always. You won't be disappointed. Tell them Tony sent you. No, tell them I sent you. Welcome to Suggested Donation. Uh, uh, this is our collaboration with the uh, University of North Carolina Asheville campus. Last year, we did uh, a podcast with Pete Van Dyke for the 12th panel discussion. And this is the 13th annual drawing discourse. We are joined this year in Lucky 13 with uh, Amaya Gurpide, who is one of my favorite artists. Oh, wow. Uh, Thank you. And, <laughs> Uh, somebody whose drawings, I mean, I, I think your, your drawings are, are definitely among my favorite, uh, all time for sure. Contemporary. I, I, well, I can't say enough Thank you, great things about your, about your drawings. It's, it's always, uh, exciting for me to see. And I, I feel like you're sort of pushing the boundaries of, of drawing and, and sort of, uh, and and you can see it in real time in your work as it continues to evolve and and uh, so I'm I'm really excited to get the chance to to talk drawing with you. I, I also hope that at some point uh, in the very near future we'll be able to talk to you just sort of a more broad discussion about your life and your relationship to art. But I think uh, just for the purposes of the 13th annual drawing discourse, uh, we'll try and kind of uh, limit the boundaries of the conversation <laughs> primarily to drawing. Th thanks, Ted. And, and Amaya, thanks so much for, for coming on. Uh, I know that Ted and I have talked a lot about wanting you on just in general. Yeah, it's been you, a while. UNC, I know, UNC. <laughs> We've been wanting yeah. to do this. Yeah, we kept uh, postponing we keep, it, but yeah. we're here. <laughs> so, I mean, to sort of start off, I know you're at the Lyme Academy, and I kind of want to put that mm -hmm. into the discussion because I think – your philosophy, your ideas of drawing, you know, are right front and center there while you're teaching at at the uh, at the Lyme Academy. So when you were creating the program there, were you putting in certain of your own philosophical ideas of what drawing should be or where it fits in today's world or anything into the program? Yeah, of course. Uh... I um, I think that the interesting part about um, the birth of the of the rebirth of the Lyme Academy um, to me was the conversation with the whole team of uh, faculty, and because because I, I don't think that you can just um, talk about um, drawing in an isolated way, and and that's what I think um, I think about my work. You know, I can't I don't uh, we probably like elaborate on that later but I don't I don't think about drawing um uh, as a drawing itself I, I I feel of it as a as a process of of creation so um I think with that with that idea um like meeting with the rest of the faculty to um understand how we all collaborate into creating a very cohesive program and 
and what's uh, everybody's role in in this uh, program and um, how how do we all add up to it? So, um, like from the from the drawing perspective, uh, from from the painting perspective, from the anatomy perspective, sculpture, and and so um, I, I really enjoy the conversations that that we had. I mean, we have um, in our faculty we have Edmond Rochard, uh, which we had like really incredible conversations about how uh, to incorporate the the visual experience of understanding anatomy from um from just a, a perspective of just analyzing surface and how do you interpret surface uh, and knowing um all the I having all the knowledge of of the uh, bone construction and and the um and the muscle construction but but not using it um from from just like a kind of like a textbook, um, like just like having to learn all the muscles yeah, and having to, yeah. you know, you don't need to have all the terminology because I, I think like eventually you you kind of forget it. Like the names are it's hard to yeah. keep uh, with time, but but I think if you if you have the experience of interpreting it's like morphology, right? Is yeah. that the right term for it? Like yeah. that's that how the the underlying anatomy sort of how it uh, appears on the surface. Yes, exactly. And and I and I think that brainstorming to understand how anatomy has been taught in the past, uh, how we can um use anatomy in in a more experiential uh, way, um what are the exercises that we could do, how how we can intertwine the whole program so it feels like you're not going to anatomy, but anatomy is another part of the puzzle that like really uh, serves uh, to inform you better. And the same thing, I mean, with paint, painting is going to be the second year, but um, but now the students are also doing sculpture and understanding the space and understand uh, mm. um, form in the space. And so, uh, yeah, every, every one of us, we, we um, I mean, also having like somebody like, uh, Holly Stonelap and, and and like his uh, perception of uh, also color value. Um, I think that he had he has a great uh, role also of um, taking the part of the core program where things happen really slow with time and cooking um, properly, and <laughs> then and then getting somebody that is uh, um, a lot more. Um, how do you say? It, it has like uh, a, a more instinctual. A uh, way of um, um, applying in uh, uh, the medium, and he goes. Uh, he teaches the students to use uh, uh, all the elements of uh, drawing in a in a really fast way, uh, trying to get it like like becoming second nature. Mm -hmm. And so it's this is really good, like like pacing the students really slow, then fast forward, then anatomy, then sculpture, and then art history. Also, um, very interesting program with uh, like. Um, our instructor um, Emily Weeks has a PhD in Yale. It sounds like you're you're like in terms of defining drawing, at least in terms of the the teaching at the Lime. You kind of, I mean, it does. It sounds also like the students are primarily drawing in the first year, but you're not. You're trying to have like an integrated sense of so that drawing isn't an isolated thing. It's part of something of something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's the idea, and and we're we're trying to uh, obviously teach the skills uh, 
so um, the students can can later on uh, find their way of expressing uh, with uh, with those like mm -hmm. all of those concepts. Um, but we are constantly bringing uh, guest uh, lecturers. Uh, we we bring a lot of. I mean, every week I bring um, a couple of times a week um, books of different artists um, where I'm trying to um, to relate uh, different periods mm -hmm. in art and and like trying to um, understand how um, drawing mm -hmm. has evolved and also the, how the the um, the mark um, making and the drawing has has been like also evolving from one period to another, how it's been like some of the conventions can be carried and the way that the line is expressing. So trying to like, like a kind of provoke a little bit of that like thought process uh, from, um, from, from just comparing like very um, opposite uh, periods, you know? So um, it's just like, yeah, teaching skills, but trying to like also put a, uh, seed. Uh, What's an example of like opposite <laughs> periods? So uh, just like, you know, I think a good example could be, for example, um, mm -hmm. Leonardo da Vinci, um, um, one of my favorite um, drawings by him, uh, which I, I'm sure I will mention a few times during the conversation. Um, the Burlington uh, cartoon, uh, which is the, um, is, is this drawing that is at the national uh, gallery in London with um, um, the Virgin and a child, uh, Saint Baptist and uh, Saint Anne, and uh, so so how uh, you can analyze that drawing from the 16th century and then see oh, yeah. Jenny yeah. Saville, for example, the way that she's interpreting that, and how much of, of for example, the like all all the elements of drawing, like how value is being carried to there. How much of the value, how much of the movement is interpreted in a static way, or um, maybe you can observe how uh, film and photography have influenced the way that she's uh, like I don't know using the elements of drawing, um, everything like the mannerism of the line or the or the way that the other figures are stretched or um, like kept um, like loyal to uh, nature. So so trying to like break down everything to make them think and also just to have a conversation with uh, the, the, the different art um, pieces, you know? Uh, Amaya, are you, are you planting those seeds pretty early on or do you try to really have them be almost more micro-focused in the beginning as far as like drawing? Or um, no, I don't think so. I think it's, it's, it's not, I mean, it's good to, uh, there's only two years, uh, the program has only two years uh, okay. drawing and painting, so, so I just kind of jump into it. Uh, yeah, it's boot camp, boot camp drawing and painting. Yes, exactly. So I just I just want to to have um, to have them, if it's possible, to um, create this this like bubble of conversation in their brains that they're they're drawing and like we we get really tense when we begin to acquire a new language um in our right. education and and i think i'm trying to like uh, massage <laughs> down that tension by adding another like branch of conversation so um yeah i don't i don't bring it up then when i'm giving like personal critiques but i i really want them to have that so i think that the times where 
that that happened to me as a student. Maybe in the moment I was not completely aware, but I remember that those like little chapters, uh, those moments uh, from uh, the different teachers that I had, um, including you, Ted, uh, <laughs> they they stayed there. They come in times, and I, I think that they're so so uh, precious, you know. I was um, looking at uh, at your drawings before we started recording, and uh, recently I've been working on like a self, like a never ending self portrait kind of thing that I just I can't put it. To, I can't. I repainted a billion times, and every time at least I look back, it, it's like it was really awful at, at an earlier stage. So hopefully, it's a little bit less awful each time I work on it, but. I was I was trying to like I was noticing that my nose wasn't exactly right and there was a particular problem with one of the nostrils and I was moving like feel, like basically pushing my nostril out by like a millimeter and as I had to repaint over the old nostril like the light over it and then paint a new kind of side of the nostril dark and it occurred to me while I was doing that that it was like what I was, it was all color, it was all paint, but that, that I was drawing, that the thing that I was dealing with, the, the part of the, the painting process that I was really dealing with there was drawing, and that in, in trying to deal with that and identifying it as drawing, I was in a way giving drawing a definition, that drawing in that particular instance, and maybe this is a broader definition, is defining the boundaries between different volumes. It's, it's kind of identifying and defining what those boundaries are. And one of the things that I was looking at with your drawings is that you lose a lot of the boundaries, that there's a lot of obscurity, that there's, there are moments that are really like, that draw you in, that, are, that feel resolved and clear, but there are a lot of moments in your drawing that feel kind of mysterious and lost and almost the antithesis of that definition of drawing. And so in a way, your drawings are kind of challenging the boundaries of the definition of drawing. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I think when when I um, when I left the school and I started to work in in my studio, I think it happened uh, when I moved to um, Madrid um, after studying in, in the states, and I I was actually so uh, comfortable here in New York and. Um, and 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 then I felt like uh, it was so comfortable to be around a lot of talented people that I I had um, in my community, and and I felt like if if I wanted to come up with something uh, unique, I I had to like get into my cocoon and then begin to create um, just like in a more isolated uh, way. I also felt like um, there was a lot of um, like pressure around from having to finish your pieces, having to put them in, in galleries, having to accept uh, commissions. And I think it was a little bit, it was too much noise. So uh, trying to find a studio where I could, um, where I could work those, like I begin to work ideas. Um, I realized that uh, it was impossible to find a studio in New York. So I, I, I actually found it in Spain because it was in, in 2009 when there was that housing crisis. Um, economic crisis yeah so all the prices were down and I I bam I had a <laughs> loft uh, space uh, waiting for me so I thought well for a year I'm just gonna move there I don't know it ended up being five years but but then then when I was in in in, in my loft space uh, without in silence without all those influences influences I started to work and draw in um 
Uh, and, and it's funny that you say that about your self-portrait because I felt like it was so clear to me that if I wanted to push my painting a lot forward, um, I, I needed to break down um, the, my drawing process. So I, I started to analyze uh, in cycles my, my drawing process and then seeing um, when the, the drawing process um, uh, can be fixed or can be uh, attacked structurally, when, uh, when I can begin to explain things um, a little bit more um, like in a, in a detailed way, like uh, maybe implementing like um, like the feeling of like flesh or form and like when when in those moments I realized that the previous stages are not were not solved correctly and then like just going to the cycle of beginning uh, de developing and ending a drawing I realized that in order to push this this drawings for further I or my paintings further I needed to really slow down forget about what's happening in the world and really spend the time in the earlier stages as much as I need it. And I thought that every time I do that, I, I will push the whole process of the drawing a lot further and, and, and pushing the, the drawing um, process further and further, I realized that I got totally like uh, trapped uh, in a good way in, in, in that world. I, I kind of uh, loved uh, the drawing process so much. I kind of felt like, um, it was the, it was the right uh, medium, and then and then I, I I at some point I missed the the part of like creating layers, and and so I started to um, to to tweak the paper in order to create a a surface that that mimicked somehow uh, the way I was preparing linen, um, toning that surface, uh, creating a tooth, uh, adding shellac and other. Uh, grounds uh, just to like sand the, the pencil more. As I was doing that, I, I was beginning to introduce brushes in, in the process too, just to move the pigment around. And then, so that's when I think the the whole um, idea of painting or drawing become like totally connected. And and I, I felt like I'm, I'm painting and drawing uh, and sculpting and hatching because I, I'm using panels too, and then I'm using like tools to like uh, scratch the surface, and it's never the same. Uh, I guess it's not never never the same process that I repeat. I should I should be a little smarter <laughs> about it and kind of what works. But I guess I guess I think about an idea, and then and then I uh, it, it really um, um, inspires me to understand what's the right surface and what's the right preparation mm. to in order to. Um, maybe translate it better. So, so then I, I start the research and materials and yeah. So then the materials are kind of, you're exploring the materials based almost on a need, like the idea comes and then you're, you're ex like experiment. I mean, I've seen your, and you post sometimes the like experiment, like just a swatch of paper that you're like diff trying different washes on and, <laughs> and then trying to hatch into those washes. And, and so you're exploring those, are you just are those just explorations or is there an idea that motivates your desire to like try something new or try to find something? Yeah, the, the, the process goes from um, having an idea that comes in different ways, uh, either from like seeing something that uh, like Im impacts me. Uh, sometimes I don't, I don't really know well what it is. So I, I sometimes 
like this year in particular that I've been traveling uh, a lot uh, to Spain because of family reasons, I I, I couldn't uh, sketch as much as so I was bringing my camera and I would take uh, photographs of moments. And then uh, based on those moments, I've been taking a lot of notes after that and then extracting from there what it is that um, that caught, caught my attention. And there's a lot of dialogue uh, happen, happening from there. So I have the idea, then I sketch, then I get a model, then I prepare the surface. So then then I, I kind of um, experiment just to, to see what's the appropriate size for that uh, idea, what's the appropriate um, surface for that. So I have to, um, yeah, I have to try uh, and, and test a lot of materials. Like not now I was trying to um, paint with uh, acrylic. I mean, so um, I was trying to paint with, um, sorry, with the uh, graphite um, powder. Like and, mixed with um, oil? And I know that you can- water? No, I was, I was trying to create like a, like a more mm-hmm. wet medium, uh, water-based medium. Um, I mean, I've done it also with alcohol, but it's, uh, it's just gets done. In you need like an M1000 <laughs> I've done that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's, and I don't like to work with ma- yeah. masks and stuff. So I was uh, thinking as an alternative. And then so I know you can buy it, but I'm like so much of like, well, if you can make it white to buy it. <laughs> so I've been um, mixing my own graphite uh, watercolor. And then it's just so cool to to be using like uh, glycerin and honey and then and then mixing the medium, seeing it dry and then and then seeing that that you create uh, layers and and having to use a fixative in order to continue adding layers. So um, you don't remove the one uh, previous layer. So, um, or or even like right now I'm working on a piece where I not only need the layers, but I, I almost feel like I want to have the, the, the drawing um, ingrained in the surface. So I'm preparing a, a panel that, Anytime I'm I'm drawing, I'm I'm putting a layer of ground over it, and 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 sometimes it's transparent, and sometimes like incising um, the surface. It's in the surface. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just gesso, and then um, different kinds of gesso, and then different kinds of um, um, mm-hmm. tints in the gesso. So it feels like uh, almost creating an <laughs> epidermis, and and it has this kind of. Uh, feel also of like creating a fresco and yeah. in the surface. So yeah, it's it's just like almost like tapping into. Uh, Is that almost history, like you know? you're it's trying to like, you're trying to create texture like on the surface? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just like, like I, I I want to have the experience of the image emerging from from the ground because because I feel like after researching so much about paper and everything, I in materials, I I just felt like. Um, yeah, paper uh, mm-hmm. can be limiting. Um, and I, again, I, I just miss uh, having a surface similar to paint, uh, to painting, to a, a su- surface that feels so solid, almost creating uh-huh. an object that is not just like a piece of paper. So, and thinking in history in, in, in the times where, you know, you just have a cave. <laughs> And, and you just have to create an emulsion with like, I don't know, egg and like blood and whatever you have, you know, <laughs> and, and or, or shepherds where they used to have like a, a piece of stone and carve into it. Like, why not to use other surfaces also yeah. to create that? 
Yeah. And, and I think that, I mean, I, I didn't know it at first. I, I, I was like, I remember the frustration of the, of the first uh, months and years uh, where basically I saw all my friends like succeeding and I, I was like so uh, stubborn in my studio trying to find uh, that uh, alchemy. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. like, you don't know where you're going and, and you, you feel, you might also feel like you're wasted, completely wasting your time. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I had like that little convention that uh, I was into something um, like greater than, than than me. Just trying trying to find something that it, it felt uh, right. Like the other way, I knew it, and this way was more mysterious. And 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 I think that um, failure is part of the process. You know, oh, yeah. I think uh, I I didn't know it uh, at but first. But it's scary to fail. Yeah, because you you think like you're like what all this research for nothing. But then I just remember like moments where yeah, I was like testing materials and I made a whole mess and and then I woke up next day looking at it and thinking like actually it's a lot more interesting than I thought. And I think that that concept of, uh, of um, successful failures, I, I think that's uh, more positive because uh, I think it's going to happen. I think the fear of failing can prevent you from actually having this breakthrough of um, finding other ways of expressing or finding other ways of like creating. Um, I don't know. I don't think I have any, any answers. I, I, I'm not a guru or anything. I just like try, try, try things that, that uh, I don't know. It, it felt like investigating and experimenting was like uh, a lot more fun and a lot more challenging. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, is it, are you now almost like the drawing, like the way of making marks, the way you're doing with like on paper or something is now kind of like your big focus? I know you still paint, but like, are you like, this is my art right now. I'm like making these in beautiful, incredible drawings. Uh, I am not thinking too much about it. I, I, I think I am just like right now, most of my, my time I'm thinking, um, like I have now I'm preparing like new work and I have my whole world full, full of uh, ideas. I, I don't think I had uh, um, so many ideas lined up um, uh, like this in the past, but I think it, it, it probably came from not having a lot of time to devote um, into like uh, to devote to my work in the studio. And I think that that, that kind of like restraint, I created uh, like the opposite so I have those, all of those ideas and I, I don't, I don't think I think of them as they're going to be drawings. I, I think more about um, the palette has to be either a limited or monochrome. And then, I mean, I'm using paint uh, with them. I'm using uh, gouache or egg tempera, or I'm, I'm preparing some of them in oil. I'm, so, so I don't, I don't think like now drawing and then painting. Uh, I just think I, I I need to do whatever I need to do to to get to that uh, yeah. idea to represent that idea. So um, yeah, and and no, I think that if if I will be thinking, um, yeah, I'm, I, I also don't want to think about like the the mar market value of the of the piece. Uh, thinking also it has to be this or that. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, again, focusing only in, um, in understanding what is the right medium, um, to, to represent the, the idea.
But there's, there's, I think historically there is like this sense I've always felt that like drawing is kind of underrated, like works on paper or works with like chalk or graphite, like, you know, and, and I mean, not to bring it back to the market, but like they're, they sell for a lot less money and, you know, we're all still also trying to support ourselves and, and, you know, and I feel like drawing still it's a little bit harder to sell them and i don't know i mean again like your drawings kind of blur the boundaries a little bit and i don't necessarily think of them entirely as drawings although i would call them drawings but -hmm. i wonder how you feel about like maybe if that the underratedness of drawings is something that's changing if you're seeing that happening or if you kind of continue to feel like it it's still maybe slightly underrated or maybe you never thought it was underrated (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I don't think so much <laughs> about that because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I feel like uh, to me, uh, drawing or just working in the studio, uh, like it, it was so essential, like vital that I, it doesn't matter whether it sells or not. I need to do right. it. And I, yeah. I, I, I love the process of it. And and so I, I just don't, don't care. I mean, if not, I, I wouldn't do like really large pieces with themes that are so personal because uh, I will know that maybe, or, or, I, or I don't know, I, I, it would probably polarize me thinking like, am I going to sell this or not? But I, I think that the whole journey of uh, going through the process is, is, is more um, valuable than, uh, than just thinking the other way around. And, and at the end, I, f- I feel like that, I don't know, maybe somehow it translates in the work because at the end there's, there's always like, they always find a house and their home, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, the, there, there are examples though, that, that um, in the past that, that really um, impressed me so much, you know, um, like in examples, like again, bringing Leonardo da Vinci, that, that piece, um, at the National um, Gallery in London, um, that that large drawing. Uh, first of all, that that drawing, um, like usually in that time, we all know that that like the drawings were considered more preparatory drawings. But mm-hmm. but this drawing, again, in, in that time, in the 16th century, you'll see that the drawings will have all that the puncturing to tr- uh, transfer the pencil, the, yeah. the the drawing into paintings. But this drawing actually it doesn't have the puncturing, so. It, it it seems like uh, uh, they they believe that it was considered as as a as a piece by itself. And in that time, in the sixteenth century, they had like two entire days of flocks of people, like all ages, going to see it. Um, and and it was actually uh, like in in the present when it it kind of like before it arrived to the National Gallery, it was sold for eight hundred thousand pounds. So you know, with having that that idea that a, a drawing uh, can be challenged, you know, like I mean, you like it's even, every bit as valuable as yeah. As yeah. A, like, but yeah. but it's not only that because when you are in front of the drawing, when you go, the, the drawing is like um, preserved so in a beautifully room. displayed. Yeah, yeah, and then you are in front of that drawing, and there is something there. Like, yeah, there's there's a market value, but then there's a truth there that is oozing yeah. from this piece that I think that's, that's to me the most incredible value. How, how can you get a piece to actually own that, um, that mystery? Do you think that it does it in 
like even more than some of his paintings do. Like the lack of resolve is maybe part of the truth that you're that you're seeing ooze out of it. It could be. It could be. It's just like uh, I feel like it's a mixture of like uh, the the different layers of of the narrative. The the image uh, can be interpreted in many ways. You know, just not only religiously, but the idea of motherhood can be something like also could be like very contemporary. The surface mm-hmm. has a lot of uh, texture and narrative too. Like there, and I think that this, the the whole history that carries from the previous restorations, the also the attempt of like uh, you know the, the there was a crazy uh, person that shot the uh, the drawing once and almost um, it. Uh, uh, that I think drawing we, was shot. I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would just be like uh, a little. I mean, it would, uh, it's a. Whole, it was protected with a glass. It was protected with a glass, but uh, the the glass uh, was kind of like um, poked. Uh, it poked it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but also, but also in the time, and I feel like while I was in Spain, um, there was something that that started to happen everywhere and. I think it was at around two, early 2000. I don't know if you noticed this, but suddenly all the museums in the world started to have exhibitions on drawings. It was drawings yeah. on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, he was drawing at the Tate Gallery, uh, uh, the National Gallery at the Prada Museum. And they were um, they were exhibitions that told the story that these drawings were uh, at, at one point preparatory drawings, but then now they're considering in the same way as, as finished pieces. Yeah, yeah. And, and also Most like- drawings the, are in the back, like in storage. <laughs> they were, they didn't yeah, even put them yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, and, and also you, you've probably seen uh, through Christie's, uh, I think we, we all went once, uh, Ted, were, were you there too? I, I, we went once to this exhibition on drawings at the Christie's, Christie's uh, auction house. And, and there was, uh, in the auction, the drawings were sold for like this, uh, like totally like, Desorbitant uh, prices yeah. and yeah. and uh, I, I don't know. It just like m- made me realize that uh, yeah, the price of uh, drawing is like something so relative. And it's ironic that that yeah. Leonardo the drawing, uh, like of all of his paintings, that I mean, like the 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 Last Supper, like things are crumbling that he did in oil, and then that's drawing, you know, paper. You think of the least archival thing to use and it's like the drawings and it's been shot and it's still okay and, <laughs> yeah because it was know. it was restored it was it was done with i think eight eight pieces uh or something like that pieces of of paper glued together then at some point it was transported to london so uh it had to be like um um like it had to be like um adhered into um a canvas and, and straight oh, yeah. stretcher bars and and it was restored improperly so uh that that also created a lot of tension into the paper and it cracked and it survived all of this <laughs> <laughs> journey and uh yeah but it's uh yeah it's, i think i think the simplicity of a drawing is why it, so many so many of them are archival i know if you don't um expose it to light a lot I mean, it's it's or so acid. simple. You're not dealing with chemicals. You're you're dealing with something that makes a mark in paper. Yeah, it's almost like the yeah. I, I feel like withdrawing. Um, there's, there's this channel that because uh, this is this act of like having a stone, 
and then sanding the stone in the surface. And then it's, it's something primal that takes you uh, back in time, you know, to like uh, cave drawings, cave drawings. drawings. <laughs> yeah. And this is thread that, you know, there's, there's a tradition carried through uh, the history that is in constant transformation. It's not just like something is stagnant. You know, I, I feel like you can kind of like, like tune into that frequency and then feel like, you know, uh, they're like in the cave, like <laughs> it's just like looking the materials and then putting their hands up, uh, you know, just to uh, begin uh, expressing. Uh, well, I mean, it's a pretty primal it's just thing. primal. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's funny. funny. We just said that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, having kids, you know, they don't, you know, I know they like bright colors and colors and everything. But the first, you know, when when you when they get a pencil, the first thing they do is they scribble and then they yeah. scribble things that they eventually start representing things that they've seen and they can't okay, do it, but they scribble it. And speaking of writing. which they're not like Amaya, thinking form or painting. They're just scribbling. I have, scribbling. Uh, I have one of your drawings, Amaya, it's in our dining room and Rafa wanted to draw and oh, wow. he asked if he could take the drawing down and he could copy it. So I, I put it down and he, he did a copy of that drawing. And awesome. then he came to me afterwards. He showed me, it was pretty good. Okay. And he was like, this is the best drawing I've ever done. And he submitted it to his like school, like magazine. You have to send me these. <laughs> have to send it to you, yeah. Plagiarizing, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amaya, do you think, um, you know, we're talking about primal stuff and, you know, the idea of drawing in the past. Do you feel like drawing is going to continue to have a place in, you know, contemporary art right now? I think you kind of answered it uh, before when you were talking about uh, kids uh, having to express themselves through drawing. I think that it's innate. You just want to have that piece of chalk and and paint. And it's just the minute that you are able to like you go from crawling to grabbing something that can create um, a line and you need it, whether that um, stays uh, with you throughout your life or uh, or is manifested in in some other uh, ways. I I think is is part of us. You know, I think uh, as long as there's a cave, we're gonna put our hands up. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I think that Buffalo. the drawing, <laughs> yeah, I think the drawing is 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 probably gonna morph uh, into uh, different ways of like handling the surface, or um, maybe uh, like it's gonna become more abstract or more or more realistic uh, but i think that um yeah i i i see through and probably you you both see the same thing through teaching that more and more younger and younger generations they, this is the only thing they want to do they just oh, want to yeah. spend their I've time seen that, yeah. but it also seems like some of the experimenting that you're you know we're talking about not not only with your work but in general the the, the spirit of experimenting seems to also be a thing that's like happening. And I think that could be a great thing, even to the point where I, you know, like optics, like, like things being distorted slightly, whether it's camera, whether it's like seeing things in a sort of distorted way, like even that I'm starting to see, like there's people are, people are clever and some people are very talented and they're taking something that I thought would be like, eh, and they're doing something that's like, well, I didn't think about it that way. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see a lot of that today, and it's uh, it's very interesting. But I mean, you also see uh, again through history. I, I think that we see cycles of uh, um, 
drawing and painting being tight and then being loose and then being more abstract and then again tight and so yeah and that's other like uh, other aspect that I that we try to talk about um with the uh, with the students here and then showing how um how nature can be distorted like the other day I was uh, comparing Pontormo and Anigoni and then just like seeing um those two and then seeing how also um yeah seeing the mannerisms of um of Pontormo and then seeing also how uh Anigoni was like still carrying the tradition of that um very expressive Italian um yeah. line and and so yeah it's, it's I think it's it's just so nice to I think that you have uh, you you have to um at least I feel like I have to revisit uh, our history to to know like when when I'm thinking about ideas I'm always thinking like yeah but how this same idea um, has or like a similar idea has been depicted in the past and like what am I um, adding something or not and if I don't add anything is this a still a good a good idea to continue even though it's similar. Because it's a version, so I I think that uh, that that dialogue is is so important because it makes you aware of like yeah what has been done where you are um, what how are you uh, utilizing some of those conventions that you've seen in paintings throughout um, the different art periods and 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 also like not just art I I felt like for a while I I needed to explore. Um, other fields and and I and I feel like today um photography and especially film um they're doing incredible things yeah um with uh with everything with um color with yeah. uh, lighting and composition and then I mean now I'm like really I've, I've been for a while for the last years like rereading and rereading this uh book of um Andrei Tarkovsky, uh, Sculpting in Time, and, and it's just like so fascinating, the whole process, the, the whole creative process, and um, and how how you, you can read um, his thoughts on film, and, and yet they're so related to what we're doing. It doesn't matter that it's a film, you know? Yeah. And, and so, yeah, trying, trying to see like what, an image, uh, like when I, when I see like a, a film, and I and I remember the first films that I was seeing when I was uh, an adolescent, and probably you you saw the same ones. I, I remember Hitchcock, uh, those short uh, films, yeah, Hitchcock, yeah, and then being like, wow, what is this? Uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, it's such a short time to 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 tell, um, to narrate a story, to have an impact, to. Uh, to use all these devices of composition and lighting and and then um yeah how how you get that residue for days and you have conversations with your friends like uh, about it and and so I, I think about that a lot I think about um like what I don't want to think about the term cinematic when I'm when I'm working but I'm I, I do think about like what what is the the residue that I want the piece to have and I, and and how many things I can edit uh, to just create a, a, an image that is it, it just remains in a memory and and not uh, invades your memory with like an overload of details. 
Yeah, but I think, you know, drawing from different places like film, I think I think I was way more I'm way more affected by it than I ever gave myself credit for being, you know, inspired, you know, a film? by like films and, and mm-hmm. just stuff like not only just art, I'd love to just say I'm a pure no, but it's like everything, like all the growing up stuff influenced me. I know like just recently that new Dune movie that came oh. out. I was like blown away by the composition. I mean, it's just look, regardless if people liked it as a film or not, I was just like every shot of that was like this beautifully composed, um, thoughtfully, you know, uh, drawn out, you know, scenes. And I was just like, I can just watch this over and over and just pick it apart outside of the film just because of the color or the, just there's shots in that that I was just like, oh my God, that's like this perfect painting almost. It's science fiction. Yeah, you, you keep, like you keep pausing the- I it's pause like the, it, yeah. yeah. It's like that that film, The Stalker, and you're like, oh my God, I just can't. I, and it's like, yeah, it's screen save every second. It's interesting <laughs> though, because film, you're, you know, it's it's sequential. And so it's, you know, it, it's it's the juxtaposition of moments. Whereas yeah. with painting, it's the juxtaposition of, of things like- you're actually composing shapes next to each other. And that's, that's what makes the art. And it's, it like a a picture you get to contemplate it. And I think it, it has almost the, the opportunity to be a lot more quiet than, than film, whereas film, it's kind of amazing when it does stick with you, particularly an image in film, because it's, it's fleeting, like it's gone Mm -hmm. in an instant and you're left with a memory. And sometimes that memory is similar to your memory of like real events where it's kind of skewed a little bit. You you're remembering kind of a whole sequence. And so the actual image that you, that comes to mind is maybe one that never existed because it was moving through time and space. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that that's what we're doing. Like you, you both also with your work, you know, just, you compose a, an image, you just have that shot and you just have to create a narrative in, in a rhythm. So I, I think, in that curation, uh, you're kind of the director, and and you're <laughs> trying to like uh, control the way that the we control or or guide uh, that like rhythm. Mm-hmm. Which so is I, I, I had a question when we were talking about like things that might influence us. Um, you know, you being from from Spain, I know at there just seemed to be all these like really good draftsmen coming out of Spain. And even at one point, there was a bunch of graffiti artists coming out of Spain and they're all really good at drawing. <laughs> and I just, it was like different than everything else that I saw in like Europe or in the States. And I still see that like every once in a while and it goes all the way back. But like, you know, Antonio Lopez Garcia, who came out and everything, there was this like focus on- Well, you draw. know, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like maybe even a little bit of like your, just through your background- you know, just kind of influence yeah. what you. I, I, yeah, I, I feel like there's there's so many incredible artists uh, that I can name from the past. I mean, one of the ones that impacted me the, the most uh, was Goya. Uh, I think yeah. he was such a journalist of the time, and and uh, but I think his his drawings um, they they carry so much. They carry the uh, you know that um, it's, it's everything is is that fascination, the enigma the um the criticism you know he he was able to have like so many layers of um like hidden messages yeah. and and also other oh, some uh pretty obvious <laughs> but uh, he's, he was so creative with his subject matters and 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 the way that he was like treating the surface too the and 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 something that i think was always with me uh even as a student i i had this like very heavy hand and like that 
um, I, I remember it, it was always like doing uh, school, like just try not to be so dark with your, your lines. And I, I was always thinking like, I can't separate it. You know, I think the dark, uh, that dark, uh, the heaviness of the. You're like pressing down heart. really hard. Yeah. <laughs> you and, actually and gave that, yourself a wrist injury doing that. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I think that that, that, that time is specifically uh, also in early times and uh, Baroque is one of my favorite times in music and, and, and painting. And, but yeah, but I think that, that um, like, yes, artists like Goya, they're, they're really important. Then um, you can see artists like uh, Sorolla, Ramon Casas. Um, and, and I think that when, when, um, if you think about the, the figure of Antonio Lopez, and now you just think about um, Spain without without the figure of Antonio Lopez, then you realize how what what a precedent he was for mm-hmm. for everything for painting and, and drawing. Because you know, if you talk about uh, spending the time to 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 devote into a piece, uh, you know, he is you know <laughs> the person that that he will uh, invest a, the time that will be necessary in order to achieve that truth, whatever that truth is in the work. And he spends like years, uh, I know that he has spent um, like sometimes up to 10 years uh, in one piece. And I know that he has even like bought a piece that he sold to continue working on it. You know, (laughs) it's it's just like something that is so necessary, so necessary that is, so it's it's just far beyond. I need to sell this, and I need to like uh, be a successful artist. I think for him, it's just like finding this alchemy, finding like that <laughs> that truth is is so so important. So and I think that slowing down the time uh, in the way that he did with his work, like whether he was a sculpting or whether and then talking about blurring, like you know the the boundaries between mediums. I think that that he he really uh, created that precedent of like spending the necessary time to uh, create an artwork. And, and, and I think that a lot of times when I look at his work, like I, I lived in Madrid uh, for five years and, and I, anytime I see a sunset or I see the, the a scene with, with the, with the whole city, I, I just feel like he was able to capture it, not just like color wise or value wise. He is, painting Madrid and then yeah. he with anything he does you know it's like seeing that a room with like really trashy uh yeah. objects oh, and like it, 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 that, that mean, like well, how would you think that that would be interesting like he, he's just <laughs> looking at things and I think in a similar way that Goya is thinking at uh, his subject matter in a time when nobody was doing something like that or or artists like even like uh, now that I was in, in the at the uh, Prada Museum, seeing Bosch, and then thinking like, "Oh my God, how can you conceive, uh, you know, yeah. the garden <laughs> of the earthly delights?" You know, like, how, like the artists that just like become that that milestone, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I think that well, yeah, Antonio, Antonio Lopez uh, has uh, has been a very huge influence, and I think that there's the like there's people coming up uh, from that birth of. Uh, uh, that Antonio Lopez, you you have like artists like Golucho, you have a, a, mm-hmm. a lot of artists like uh, like younger emerging artists like Duarte Millan, who we had in in, uh, in the gallery uh, at uh, Lime Academy at, in the exhibition Memento Vivere, or we have Felipe Alonso, um, 
Paco Lafarga, they're, they're artists that they, they're looking for the same. They're not interested in um, the market uh, value necessarily, yeah. but in the process of um, like investigating, experimenting, and then getting to some, some sort of truth. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Lopez Garcia is interesting too, because his drawing, I mean, he's somebody who, who was, I mean, he invested a lot of energy in drawings and in kind of redefining the medium or expanding the boundaries of the mediums. He was coming up with a totally different surface because probably the same thing, like it seems like he wanted a smoother surface, like a, and paper, like there was too much tooth in any kind of paper or something. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think so. And also the way that he was painting with, uh, layers of graphite. But I, I, I just think also that Antonio Lopez happened uh, with a whole group of artists that uh, were like, maybe um, they're, they're, they haven't crossed the, um, the sea as, uh, like maybe we don't know as much as, as mm-hmm. uh, Antonio Lopez, but yeah. they're all a group of artists like Isabel uh, Quintanilla and, and his wife, Maddie, uh, that they were um, uh, Julio Lopez. Uh, they, they, they were, um, Artists that were doing pretty similar work. They're they're doing they were doing realism in a time where um, there was a lot of abstraction and conceptual art and and so I think that you can't really just think of him as an isolated mushroom. I think that there was a whole. Mm-hmm. Amaya, I tend to think of drawing as like uh, having like an added layer of abstraction, you know, beyond painting and and also have the limitations of the medium itself, like creating some of the like unique properties of drawing that like drawing in in some sense is defined by the limitations of the medium that like, if you're just graphite on white paper, like it's, it's hard to create, I don't know, a three-dimensional thing. And, and it requires a, a certain degree of abstraction to, to kind of do that translation. But I feel like uh, increasingly with your own work, there are, there are no limitations with the medium and particularly, and I find this really inspiring, the idea that you're describing of like actually carving into the surface so that there's underlying texture in just the, like the very insect, like the birth of the, of the image itself. And mm-hmm. I wonder if you like wrestle with limitations or if you're just constantly trying to innovate around the limitations of the medium and trying to like uh, almost come up with different solutions so that it's not like facile painting or it's not like something that you were taught, but rather something that you've kind of discovered for yourself. Yeah, I, I think that um, again, it comes, I, I think it comes, uh, I, I'm, I don't want to like say that I'm just like looking um, to innovate for the sake of innovation, you know, or mm-hmm. like just to be cool with the with the <laughs> with, with the materials that I use. But um, like for example, like um, the what there's one piece that I'm working on right now that um, that it has to do with um, a subject that uh, has been happening this year to me. Like I I my my father because of the uh, lockdown um, and the isolation um, uh, got dementia, and oh, um, yeah, and and so uh, having to go and, and and be with him and it made me um, like I, I sketched him a lot and I took a lot of photos and and then I I came back to the studio and I thought because um, I, I I just uh, I just 
love. I mean, maybe when I was a, a student was a little bit more overwhelmed with like moments like like that. But I think that now I feel like moments uh, like that, that they're like so impactful uh, emotionally. Uh, they're the moments where you are the most connected with yourself. And I think that there's a creative, uh, such a creative wave there just to like um, jump to and 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 kind of like go through it um through uh, uh, like deal with it through uh experimentation and then and then maybe having a dialogue dialogue about it and then so i i've been uh, doing a lot of photography and I, i've been uh, again working with filters and and then creating a lot of layers and then usually like because i couldn't work in the studio uh i edit so much uh, the image uh, until i get to uh, what i want to express mm. and then and then there, there i'm ready to begin to work in it in in the studio so um I, talking not just about my father because i i don't want to just like make it like um like something just personal but, but maybe like tap into something bigger and then trying to understand what it is uh, that you know, like what what happens with our brain? Like how 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 do we dissolve into something? Um, and and then so I was thinking like how can I create that into a, a piece? And it, paper paper was like so thin; it almost felt like I will stay in the substrate, and it, it it wouldn't it wouldn't let me go through. And then so I I thought I have to prepare um, a panel that has so many layers, and and the layers they have a lot of uh, different tints because that's like I feel, I feel like that's that's what has been happening sometimes you lose something a little bit more um throughout time and and until you dissolve uh completely and as you 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 are present but you're not present you know so mm-hmm. um yeah just like w- working with that um and then having to talk about um the, the feel of that present that is dissolving in front of you um it makes me treat the, the surface in that way and and try to experiment to um, to to feel like that's like kind of like translating that um, yeah so that's that's the process that's that's why I'm I'm, I'm arriving there is is a need to resolve that um, that visual um, and, and and also that experience you know mm-hmm. that's such a <clears throat> deep and heavy thing do you ever feel like with something like that and that one time isn't enough that you need to do maybe several because it's not a one it's not like you're just okay here it is i figured it out i, I you know oh, yeah i have so I many to- studies yeah <laughs> yeah I, I think so i think i think uh i mean even to begin to arrive to where i am with this piece i i am destroying <laughs> so many things in the studio and then even thinking that it's uh Maybe this is not strong enough. Maybe this is not um, uh, a good idea. And then, so it's just like uh, trying. I tried in different surface. I had a panel that was thinner. I painted it in oil. And throughout the process, I, I didn't feel anything. Um, and I and I think that once that I prepared the surface and I was like sanding it with, like, I think I I toned the, this panel with this crazy green that um, reminded me of some of the, um, the the paintings that Durer did of like some of his grass and stuff. Like uh-huh. I love that that you know the, the surface that he created, and then the green was so ugly. And then so I just <laughs> grab I, I just grabbed this like sand sanding machine, and then I started to like sand it, and, and I created so many layers that then 
suddenly you will see the there was like three layers uh, down. You had this like I had this like reddish uh, ground, and then I added another whitish cream on top. So now it kind of looks like this the stress. Uh, <laughs> and to <laughs> try to recreate that would be like <laughs> so hard to do. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, and you have a point there because because I I just not interested in something that can be reproduced I, yeah I, yeah i'm interested in that uniqueness you know it's also it sounds to me like it's it's kind of it's just unraveling and or it's unfolding in a in an organic way that maybe mimics your experience kind of confronting the the disease and and just the unpredictable nature of it like it's the way it happens is just it's it's shocking but it's yeah. it's also there are moments where you feel like maybe it's not quite as advanced as it is or something. You hear some word that just gives you a little bit more hope and then, and then it drops away. It's, it's. Yeah. But it, it, and it makes you question, like, you know, like you start to think about the meaning of life and all of that, you know, yeah. <laughs> because. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, An identity, like what yeah. makes you a person, what makes you a Maya? Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's right. And, and so I, I think that, yeah, even if if it's really hard in the moment, I just feel like wow, the potential um, of this subject matter as a creative drive. You know, like I I just think that um, I don't want to be deceived by it. I want to see like how can I explore um, and and I like um, Sally Mann for that too. I I feel yeah. like she, she's so good at finding um, subjects that are. Um, like uh like they're they're really heavy to digest i i think she had this whole series of um like photographs in this like farm where the, they're studying the decay of uh human bodies and yeah and i was it was seeing the, this documentary of her work and thinking like there's no way that <laughs> you can take a photo of that and then seeing something beautiful and yet the, the photo has been taken and then you see um, her perception of it. And, and, and I think that that's, that's what we are. We are storytellers. And then we're, we're choosing like how to, to uh, translate those, those moments that are maybe uh, hard to um, cope or, or moments that are really fascinating and, and full of beauty. You know, they're, they're not, they don't need to be um, heavy or ne- uh, necessarily, but, but they're, I think that they're, they're subjects that are important, important to talk about, you know, mm-hmm. Give us. <laughs> it's funny though, because when you were, uh, you know, talking about her and then Hitch- Hitchcock, a lot of what you talk about is black and white. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I love color as well. But so, let me ask you: How when you when you think about a memory, do you see that memory in color or in black and white? Let me think about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that's 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 what I he, think. When you go back to really, really, really early memories. I see them like I'm trying to think of one of the earliest memories I've ever had, probably when I was three or something. And I don't know if it's real or not, or if it was a dream, but I see that as black and white or like more recent stuff. I see it in color. You think we it's because we, we had just black and white photographs in the time that we, cause I, I, I know that I'm my mom that was always taking photographs <laughs> <laughs> of us and, and very creative yeah. uh, compositions also. And, and all the series of those photographs that in black and white, I, I imagine that some somehow had an impact on me as well, but do you, you remember that? in black and white, Amaya? Yeah. What do you do? Like you're I, do. I, I do. Uh, is it, is either re- reduced palette or, or black and white? I, well, I think that, yeah, it, it connects me with the idea 
I think he said it. I think he said, um, let me take, when you said reduced palate, I think (laughs) I see things. (laughs) (laughs) No, not in the Zorn palate, but like, like, let's say uh, desaturated. I do think in desaturated, memories to me are desaturated. I think though that the abstraction of black and white also gives it a certain gravitas. It's like stopping the moment and saying, wait, 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 this is different. This is like a memory. This is, this is like, I'm going to take all the color away. It's about, you know, this person, it's about these people. It's about this moment. And, and maybe taking like desaturating it is a way to focus on, maybe the things, the volumes, as opposed to the form. I mean, we're always yeah, so, as like, opposed to like color becomes a distraction at that point. Yeah. And, and I think that um, if you think also, in, um, if you see the, the films by the Coen brothers, because we, we um, were in a talk once. Love them. Yeah. yeah. We were well, in a talk once where with them, uh, Michael um, Baldwin um, and a neuro, um, scientists uh, now that you're mentioning and uh, they they were talking about the way that they edit their their films and 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 how that Im- impacts uh, uh, yeah. the viewer and I, th- I think that they do it so much with the where their films uh, with the films like in 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 the way that they uh, alter the um the palette of their films uh, in order to uh, translate uh, or, yeah. or carry some some kind of feel, uh, feel to it or mood. Uh, the Team Deacons uh, podcast, uh, where I listen to like film directors and like uh, directors of photography and talking about um, the ways that they um, they go uh, they, they make their decisions, and it's just just amazing to hear the Coen Brothers talking about uh, their decisions and. And like, yeah, you're you're listening to film directors or again like DPs and yeah, and you're 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 already dreaming with uh, the potential of an image, you know. So yeah, I think it's so it's so nice. Anytime I see a film that I like, I'm like, okay, where is the making of? <laughs> you know, and Ted and I who have a little bit of experience in that, you know, in the animation world, but you know, storyboards That's to right. us. And I and I know. heard that they 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 do the storyboarding, but then they don't use them. They do oh, the storyboarding. Really? To, to to know uh the whole like connection and narrative of the sequences but but then like they have it so clear they don't they don't have it have them or have the storyboard constraining you know the creative process once that they're filming which is uh, also interesting uh to hear storyboarding is weird i remember uh years ago i got commissioned to storyboard like after film school, I was doing, I did a little bit of that and uh, I got commissioned to storyboard and they had photographs of people in the locations, not the actors, but people in the locations from the exact angles that they wanted. And they just wanted me to draw from the photographs exactly like almost just outline the photographs. Mm -hmm. And they, they just wanted that. I guess it was, it probably had to do with like, the photograph having too much information yeah, for like to, it, yeah. to sort oh, of simplify the idea of the narrative. It's better to just have a, a, a just a almost binary, just a line drawing mm-hmm. that yeah, yeah, yeah. tells you the essentials and everything else gets filtered out. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually gotten into, um, you know, when you do a commission or something and you would like sketch out something I've sketched out something a little too much that it turned, not turned them off, but they had a, they didn't have a preconceived idea in their head, 
But when I almost did it too well, they were like, oh, that's not what I want. I'm like, ah, I should have kept it loose. <laughs> so that's like something is like, there's an art to keeping the drawing loose enough that it's like a scary movie. Like if you see the monster, it's not as scary. Yeah, that's true. You, you, you shouldn't see the it's alien. Way, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's always like, the, yeah, the best ones I always win. The alien is not, you don't see it in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so the or like the, the killer in the horror movie kills off screen and it's just, you yeah. see the aftermath, you see I before and you see the aftermath. Yes. Yeah. But honestly, to like almost bring it back to what we're talking about, but the drawing and using this is like when you suggest something yeah. in a way, in a loose way that your mind will fill in the blanks as long as the drawing so in this true. sense is like, you know, of course we're talking about storyboards, but you know, to bring it back to what we do and, you know, and in, in our work and everything is like sometimes that, the suggestion of like the line, the mark making, whatever they, you know, they call it is almost sometimes like the beauty of that is enough. You don't have to have all the detail. Like, I love it when all the details there too, mm -hmm. like, but I can also love it when it's just like a few lines and it's just, but it's perfectly placed lines or yeah, something. And that's, that's interesting because it, it, it is like a whole matter of like how much, how invasive is your drawing towards mm. the, um, visual experience like the, are are you invading somebody's brain or you are you entering uh softly like a good wine you know <laughs> and then unfolding <laughs> you know so i i think that uh that i mean it's something that i think so much uh when i'm working because i think that we all have especially you know if you had like the education that we had um we have the tendency of like or we can put a lot of details so i think that at some point we have to begin to edit that that mm -hmm. detail and, and and begin to think about what is this about you know how much how much uh, um edges are you keeping uh there uh, how how like how are you um leading the eye and and then when you look at uh and that's something that I talk a lot with the students when when you when you look at references from the past the, there is um you know the the way that the eye is, is led is more predictable uh when you go um you know, back in, in history and you go like to periods like the, um, like any, any periods, uh, that you can think of, uh, drawings like from, um, Baroque drawings to uh, drawings, uh, in the 19th century to drawings, uh, today. And then you can see like what is more, um, yeah. Like what you, when you see like an edge that recedes and is softer versus an edge that comes forward and is a lot sharper. And then, uh, having that, even having that kind of dialogue uh, puts you in a very certain period in time, you know? So I love to study like how you can disorganize or, or reorganize that order to be like more impactful. And, and I think that that's, that's, again, that's Hitchcock there where, where he, he grabs you from any angle in the movie, you know, and then he surprised you with like a, a sharp edge or yeah. a, a diagonal or or, or a lighting that you're not expect, expecting. I think like, uh, I mean, the, I'm thinking about things that I haven't even um, done yet, but I, I think about that a lot. I think that maybe the the, the work I'm, I'm doing right now, is, it's just gonna have more of that. Um, but I feel like when I'm when I'm taking photographs, I, I'm, I'm working more with those ideas because the photography is more immediate. And, and then yeah. so I can begin at least to have that conversation to, to like then translate it into, uh, my work, but I, I do love to think about these things uh, so much because it's yeah. It, it does, I think that's the way that you you can 
um, become a film, film director or, or a director in your own work with the um, elements that you're using, you know, how, Uh, and, and and also how you tell the story because I I, I don't know if you do that but I, I write a lot and then and then I I think about an idea like first like something impresses me then I do some sketches then I develop the sketches uh, then I I think out of the box and then see what uh, somebody else has done in the past or film and music and other fields and and then I, I I just begin to write about it and then I realize how how little I, I know about what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then I, I, be, I, I become more aware of like enriching my um, vocabulary and then being a lot more clear about what's the idea. And then I think that- um, So you're like immersing yourself. Like you're yeah. just like, I'm diving in, in every way, not just one way, many yeah, ways. Exactly. That's and, and I, I feel like- um, An artist that is uh, pretty good at that, uh, at like narrating, is uh, Bo Barlett. And yeah, he's great. being in one of his exhibitions uh, recently, um, I remember the way that uh, he was describing a painting of a portrait of his mother. And and I think he's there's there's something that so he's so good at editing an image, like in and understanding. I mean, I, I had conversations with him, and then the way that he's. Uh, reducing the amount of details um, just to uh, be able to like tell the story in, mm -hmm. in a more simple way uh, so that that remains in the memory. But I, th I thought that having that little didactic uh, near the, the painting where he tells us about that relationship with that person that supported him in life. Uh, and I think that story is told in a, such a clever way. And it's not yeah. it's not just like clever in a commercial way. I think he he's really curating those words and he knows exactly how you how he has to tickle his, your brain and, and your emotions to like, like if you think about it, it's, it's just one image and one story. And when they become together, they become a memory in your head that remains, that, that whole experience remains there a lot longer than any other image that you, that cons you consume that, that same day. It stays right. longer. Yeah. And, I, and I think that that's, uh, that's, that's amazing. And just to be able to, to write about your work and, and, and to know um, how, like, what, what's the subject matter. I, I, I try not to think about something um, small and like, Uh, I mean, it's personal, but I, I'm not trying to tell the story of, uh, in this case, my 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 experience, you know, in life. But but trying to talk about something larger, if if I can, you know, uh, whatever that is, or how how mm -hmm. I'm expressing that, uh, and I think that's the challenge. I, I think the whole process is just is is challenging, com is complex and and difficult, and, and that's that's why we like it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that, that feels so... like a puzzle that you never get to solve, but you just, each time you do something, you get another piece or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, Amaya, thank you so much for giving us all these, like, just really inspirational sort of food for thought. And I was going to ask, like, you know, back to, you know, I think the people who are at the at UNC who are, who are um, listening to this right now, is there anything you can just sort of say as far as like drawing right now just sort of like quickly just so, yeah I, i have i have something that uh yeah that that i usually tell uh the students that that once uh it was an advice given to me or or maybe it's like a cluster of, of different advices but i think that once that we are um immersed in this uh 
like more academic education or more like uh, education through like um, honing our, our skills, you are inevitably you you get into that world of like competition, right? And then and then you always trying to be better better than or better than yourself or and it's it's just it can be so frustrating. And and I think um, the the whole uh, process of learning and skill, um, I think that you have to concentrate in in understanding the concept because I don't know for you guys, but I I feel like when uh, when I stopped being in, in school, I I didn't feel like I was ready. I felt like I I understood the concepts and and so um, I was advised like it was time to go and like it was okay. I had to like continue uh, playing with this. But I, I think that um, at some point when you are in, in your studio um, and you are trying to come up with your uh, ideas and to understand wh- what the heck are you doing with all of this, I, I think that you can't you can think of it as um, like being, like it's, it's just this world of like uh, social media that it, it puts a lot of pressure. But yeah. it's, it's, it's really like not about... Um, it's, it's a cliche, but it's not about being better than somebody because I think that we are always going to have somebody better than us and yeah. and somebody that is not as good as whatever that means also. But I think that when you talk to people, nobody has the same point of view. Everybody yeah. sees things differently. And that what it, that's what it makes a conversation interesting, that we are not having the same taste and the same ideas. And I think if you go in that direction you you have your own story to tell and and that can compete with anything you know once that you have your own story to tell you have like um uh you know like um, book writers uh film directors uh, composers painters dress men dress women <laughs> and um and i think that you you just need that somebody to tell you a story um that will stay there, you know, it will impregnate or yeah. like it will get into your brain somehow. And, and that's it. You know, you just have to like find the, the stuff that you like and find the story they want to tell and, and just use your uh, skills. That's so great. That's a well, great way to end it. Thank yeah. you. You're Maya. up at the Lime Academy <laughs> up in Lime, Connecticut. Right. It's a can't wait to come and visit. Ted and I yes. will definitely roll up there as soon as can't we wait can. To have you. <laughs> It'd be super fun. But thank you so much but, for taking the time to talk to oh, us. Thank it's you. It's so, so great so to see yeah. you virtually. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Hopefully soon in, in person. And and I hope that we can uh, lure you back to suggest a donation for like a, a broader conversation uh, just great. about you, your history and and your life and, and you know, uh, drawing and painting and everything yeah. else. Um, but thank you for this. And also thank you so much for the the work that you're doing. It's everything I see is inspiring. And it, it always, uh, whenever I see something that you've done, there's like a, a real impact to it, a gravitas that like it, you're definitely like have created your own path and it's, it's inspiring and it's amazing. And I, I just, I love everything and look forward to seeing more work. Thank you. I think we all inspire each other in, in, in many ways. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, thank you for to University of North Carolina, Asheville, and, and Tammy Beldu for uh, allowing us to, to take up some time and, and uh, talk about drawing. And, and hopefully uh, it'll be interesting for people. 
Yeah, uh, definitely was really interesting for me to hear you, uh, Amaya. Awesome. We'll see each other all soon. Jay, yes. thanks for, for hanging in there with us. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, and we'll yeah. see everybody very soon. Bye, yeah. everybody. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Hold on.